Hello, people. Welcome back to another episode of True Talks. How is it going? It's been, I think, almost two weeks since we recorded that episode. Mm-hmm. And you guys, that episode has been our most listened episode ever. It's like got over 550 listens on SoundCloud. It's crazy. I don't know how. I'm guessing it's because we talk about Taylor Swift and Jonas Brothers. People love Taylor Swift and the Jonas Brothers. So yeah, we're basically famous. Yeah, you know, five hundred listens here, seven listens there. You know, another seven listens, and that's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're a new fan of True Talks, thanks, and we're glad you liked it. Yes. Hopefully, you are a returning person. Yeah, we'll be talking about Taylor Swift again in this podcast, and yeah, why don't we just start off? What have you been up to? What's well, going on? I've had the house to myself for two weeks, so it's been pretty awesome. One week. One and a half weeks. One week. One okay, one week. <laughs> they left for Sunday. Oh. Whatever. One week. Parents are in Greece, left me all alone. So, <laughs> you know. Just trying to go to bed every night without <laughs> freaking out, because you know, my house makes noises mm-hmm. and I don't like noises when I'm home alone. But it's been pretty nice in general. Other than that, just working at the state's attorney's office, heard some news about Kimberly Fox. Basically, they're saying she's not going to run for office again, for her position again. Oh. Yeah, obviously because she would get destroyed because of the whole Jesse Simulette thing. Right. So she's just not going to run again. But nothing bad is going to happen to her because, yeah, why would it? (laughs) Justice, who needs it? Taylor Swift needs justice. Yes, she does need justice. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about Taylor Swift today. Um, So if you don't know, Taylor Swift right now is going through the process of dealing with the fact that um, Slimeball Scott Borchetta sold Big Machine records and subsequently Taylor Swift's master's to Scooter Braun. Now, let me back it up for you guys if you don't know what any of this means or what's going on. When Taylor Swift was 15 years old, she signed a contract with Scott Borchetta, who at the time big, did not even have the record label yet, okay? So first, Taylor Swift was offered a record deal by another record label, but they weren't going to let her write any of her music. So she said, no, I know I have good songs. She's like, I'm going to hold out. So then she was playing at um, like a, a cafe and Scott Borchetta was there and heard her and he was planning on opening up his own label. And he came up to her and he's like, I want to sign you. And he didn't even have a label yet, but he told her, like, if you just be patient with me, I'm starting up, you know you can write all your own music, whatever. So they struck a deal. Taylor Swift signed a six-album contract, which is a lot. Um, She was 15 years old at the time, and basically she signed away all of her masters. So a master recording, I did a lot of research on this because I was a little bit confused as to what it is. A master recording is like the original recording of the song that is what you use to, you know, put the song out on the different streaming platforms, to put songs in movies or whatever. Like if a movie or TV show or commercial wants to purchase a license to use the song, whoever owns the masters is in control of making that decision. So Taylor Swift still owns the songwriting rights as well as the singing rights to the song, but she doesn't own the master. So basically her whole legacy and in terms of where and what her music could be used for lies with whoever owns the master. So being 15 at the time, she didn't realize what she was doing, sold away her masters. So, and people like, are like, does she make money? So yeah. So whoever owns the masters gets 30% of all streams and sales. So she still gets the majority of it because not only is she the singer, but she's also the songwriter. So she still gets the majority of the money. So that's not the issue, but it's just the issue of like what someone's going to do with her songs. So she left big machine. She announced it last year because her six albums were up and she switched to universal and people were wondering like what happened. And she said in her first announcement post that she switched to universal because, um, basically she struck a deal with them to benefit all artists. So that's why 
I hate when, um, all these artists are like coming for her or like calling her a snake or like saying she's starting drama. When she signed a contract that would help everybody, she signed with Universal because she convinced them that whenever they decide to sell their shares of Spotify, which Universal Music Group owns a huge stake in Spotify, that they can't just sell it. They have to give it to all of the artists that they represent. Mm. So they don't even get any money from it. Taylor Swift made it to where they have to give all the money to all the artists because the artists are what made the Spotify shares even increase in value anyways. Right. So, uh, she did that. And she also said that she was going to start owning all of her masters going forward with universal and people were like, okay, whatever. So nothing really happened. Comes out last week that Scott Borchetta sold Big Machine to Scooter Braun for $300 million. And Scooter Braun is a manager. He manages Ariana Grande, a bunch of other music artists, like models, everything like that. And Scooter Braun, oh, Justin Bieber, Kanye. And so Taylor Swift, when she found out, wrote this long Tumblr post because Scooter Braun has been in the center of all like the bullying and drama regarding Kanye West and everything back in 2016. So I'll read to you what she wrote in her Tumblr post. So she put a screenshot of Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber's Instagram account that he posted in 2016, and it's a screenshot of a FaceTime with Justin Bieber and then with Scooter Braun and Kanye West on the other line. Um, and he wrote Taylor Swift, what up? And that was right when that whole drama was happening. And so she goes, this is Scooter Braun bullying me on social media when I was at my lowest point. He's about to own all the music I've ever made. So then she writes, for years, I asked, pleaded for a chance to own my work. Instead, I was given an opportunity to sign back up to Big Machine Records and earn one album back at a time, one for every new one I turned in. I walked away because I knew once I signed that contract, Scott Borchetta would sell the label, thereby selling me and my future. I had to make the excruciating choice to leave behind my past. Music I wrote on my bedroom floor and videos I dreamed up and paid for from the money I earned playing in bars and clubs and arenas and stadiums. Some fun facts about today's news. I learned about Scooter Braun's purchase of my master's as it was announced to the world. All I could think about was the incessant manipulative bullying I've received at his hands for years. Like when Kim Kardashian orchestrated an illegally recorded snippet of a phone call to be leaked and then Scooter got his two clients together to bully me online about it. Or when his client, Kanye West, organized a revenge porn music video which strips my body naked. Now Scooter has stripped me of my life's work and that I wasn't given an opportunity to buy. Essentially, my musical legacy is about to lie in the hands of someone who tried to try to dismantle it. This is my worst case scenario. This is what happens when you sign a deal at 15 to someone for whom the term loyalty is clearly just a contractual concept. And when that man says music has value, he means its value is beholden to men who had no part in creating it. When I left my masters in Scott's hands, I made peace with the fact that eventually he would sell them. Never in my worst nightmares did I imagine the buyer would be Scooter Braun. Anytime Scott Borchetta has heard the word Scooter Braun escape my lips, it was when I was either crying or trying not to. He knew what he was doing. They both did, controlling a woman who didn't want to be associated with them in perpetuity. That means forever. Thankfully, I'm now signed to a label that believes I should own anything I create. Thankfully, I left my past in Scott's hands and not my future. And hopefully, young artists or kids with musical dreams will read this and learn how to better protect themselves in a negotiation. You deserve to own the art you make. I will always be proud of my past work, but for a healthier option, Lover will be out August 23rd. Sad and grossed out, Taylor. So what do you think? And then I'll, I'll dive more into the analysis. Well, yeah, I think it kind of sucks. Um... The fact that you could sign a uh, huge contract like that at 15 and, like, basically sign everything away is kind of crazy. But at the time, I'm sure she she didn't have a name yet. Right, she didn't. And so she probably didn't really have a lawyer or anything like that. So then it goes into, like... Is it fair? Like, can like, is she suing right now? No, she's not suing. She can't sue because there's no grounds to sue. There's nothing like because she signed the contract, but basically, um, she what what happened was is she for years. It's come out now for years. She tried to buy her masters. So this and now that this is all coming out. Um, people are starting to realize that look what you made me do when I did something bad are actually probably about Big Machine and not about Kanye like everyone thought. Um, so she asked him for years. It was about around the 1989 era after that was huge. She wanted to buy back her masters. He kept saying no, 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 no. And basically she gave – he 
gave her a deal. And he's trying to say now him, as long as along with Scooter Braun's wife are trying to say, you were given the opportunity to buy at your master's. That's not the case. She was given a ultimatum deal to where you turn in an album, you get an album. So she would never ever get all of her albums because if she makes album seven, then she can get one back. But now she still doesn't even own album seven. So then she, you know, she keeps turning right. in getting one. Um, <laughs> But also, if she would have signed a new contract with Big Machine, she knew that Scott was still going to sell the label anyways because she is the most valuable part of the label. Everyone's like, Scooter brought Big Machine. They represent a lot of people, not just Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift makes up at least 90% of all of their money. So with now her being gone, the only thing that put value really into their label was the fact that they had her master's. So basically, she was never allowed the opportunity to buy them. Like Scooter Braun, this is what happened. Scooter Braun was able to buy the whole label for $300 million. Taylor Swift wanted to buy her masters, but Scott wouldn't let her. She has the money. She, she's worth almost $400 million. Right. So even if she wanted to buy just her masters, she was like he just wouldn't let her because he didn't want her to. Right. So then, I mean, not that I like know anything about contract law. I've only gone through a year of, of law school, but... I feel like she could still sue um, Scott Scott Borchetta, right? Mm-hmm. That's his name. Um, she's kind of screwed for, I think, her masters. I don't, I don't think she could get him back. But if she wants to be petty, and like I would in that situation, um, I feel like she could school, school, sue um, Scott Borchetta for, first of all, like there's a thing in contract law called unconscionability. Basically, it means that the contract you signed was so unfair and the parties involved were at such a different level of power mm-hmm. that basically clauses of a contract could just be like wiped out. Hmm. So in like one example, if a store, this is an actual case, if a store says, I'll sell you this, this item um, and you'll pay it in installments, but if you stop paying, we have the right to repossess the item and anything else that you've bought from us. Uh-huh. Even... So, like, say you bought five items, and you've paid 90% of the, of the total price. Mm-hmm. So, you've paid off four items, and then most of the fifth item. Mm-hmm. If you default on that fifth item, they could come and take all the items, uh. even if you paid for the other ones. So, that was an actual case, and they said, that's unconscionable. It's not fair, because the parties are at such different bargaining uh, levels. Uh-huh. So, I feel like, in that same sense, Taylor could sue on that ground, because she was 15, didn't have a lawyer. Scott obviously knew what he was doing. Right. Um, and so maybe she could win on that. And he could also sue for bad faith. The fact that she tried to buy her oh. masters and that he knew she wanted to buy them mm-hmm. and instead sold everything to a guy that he knew she didn't like. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how like effective it would be or if she would win. But obviously she has money, and he has money now from selling, right. but he has, I feel like, a finite amount of money, whereas she has the ability to like keep making money. Right. I would just sue him and, at, at the very least, take a chunk out of that $300 million, Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's me being petty. Right. Like, I would make him go broke. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I would do. Yeah. The, see, it's all weird because I want to know, like, to what extent her trying to buy her master's went. Like, I wonder if she ever even tried to buy the label because what I was thinking of is what I don't understand with her going to Universal even is like, I don't get why Taylor Swift needs to be with a label at this point. You know, she's the number one star in the world. She is like the top three most paid musical artists in the world. She's at another level. So I don't necessarily get why she feels the need to even be with a label. I don't know. Like, why can't she go independent? Why doesn't she start her own label? It seems like she started her own, like, mini, like, sub-label within Universal. Because, like, on some of her YouTube videos or, like, on iTunes, it says, like, Taylor Swift Music Universal Music Group. Um, So, and I don't know if it's because of, like, the tour abilities, like having a big label behind her wanting to go for a global tour, or I don't know if she did it specifically because she wanted to make a bargain with someone who owned all of like the Spotify shares or what, but I feel like she could have even bought 
uh, Big Machine because they do have like other artists like Florida Georgia Line, a couple others, <coughs> and just owned it. And I don't know. And well, if I wonder if she did try to and he wouldn't even let her, maybe that's why she's even more upset because then he went around and sold it to Scooter Braun when she could have even she has enough money where she could have just bought it for $300 million. Right. You know? I mean, I feel like maybe she just doesn't want to maybe. own, like she's a great artist, but maybe she is not like a good business person or like maybe she just doesn't want to be that type of, but maybe she like solely wants to focus on her music. Yeah. And, and if you set. own the record label, then you have to like, you actually have to take time out of her schedule yeah. Instead of focusing completely on the music and, like, music videos and stuff like that, now she has to take time out and do a record label. So maybe she just would rather focus only on her music. Yeah. And just and also I think the good point you made is the uh, world tour. I think you having, for as big as she is, I think she still needs a record label like Universal to just make sure everything goes smoothly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So if she didn't have that, she would have to really focus her whole time on making sure that the world tour would actually go. That's true. According to plan. Yeah. So, cause I know she also has said, um, she, so when she was on tour for reputation and was in Australia, she had a lot of Asian fans there and they were like, when are you coming back to Asia? Or like, why haven't you come to my country? And her mom said in the rep room, she's like, don't worry next tour. We're planning on going to a lot more places. So I think there was also an issue of with Big Machine because she like she never went to South America and she didn't go to like most of Asia ever. So I think it was an issue of maybe Big Machine couldn't like support that. Yeah, probably not. And they're not that big apparently. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, If I were her, too, I don't know that I would want to open or start my own record label. Yeah. Unless I wanted to stop with like as much music maybe when she gets ready to slow down in yeah. terms of touring and making music then she i bet she will open up a label and that like help sense. support yeah. up-and-coming artists plus she has such a big name she can get anyone she wants basically yeah so yeah i mean it, it would just slow her down yeah for the music in That's my opinion true. you know yeah so um i mean if she wanted to she probably could have just bought big machine and then sold it again just to get her master's yeah. she might have tried doing that maybe um because for her she obviously has a ton of money it wouldn't yeah. matter she could pour 300 million yeah i think it was scott just being petty and upset because um i think what he was planning on doing all along was selling big machine at the end of her contract but if she would have stayed on he would have been able to sell it for probably two to three times the price right And also I think her wanting to, I think at the bottom line, he was trying to get as much money as he could. So he didn't want to sell it to her because then he couldn't sell the remainder of the group of the music group for nearly as much money. And he probably would have lost, he probably wouldn't have made as much as 300 million. Right. He was also probably mad at her for not staying with the label because I bet if she would have, because it, they were trying to get her to sign another 10-year contract. I'm sure that could have put the label valued at probably like just under a billion. Yeah. Because that's another five or six albums. Um, so I think he was, at the end of the day, just being like really petty and like just trying to screw her over. And I think people are like... Uh, not understanding why Taylor's doing this. And like Scott gave her a chance. Scott had nothing. And Taylor's dad actually invested $100,000 into the label. Like right. Scott had nothing. Taylor Swift's dad get, like invested $100,000. In turn, he got 10% of the label. And um, that's how the label started with Taylor Swift. She was the only one. Right. And Scott wouldn't be anything if it weren't for Taylor Swift. So... Yeah. That's what I it's think. It's crazy is really that he only got ten percent though for a hundred thousand for someone who isn't worth anything at yeah. the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You would think ten percent would get him at least like a quarter of the company. Right. But yeah, that sucks. Cause then I was thinking if he owned a lot, maybe he could he could have leveraged something, but right. at ten percent it's probably not enough. No. So people also don't get like the whole scooter brawn of it and think she's just being annoying and like scooter and his wife and everyone are lying about everything and um it just goes back to the whole like kanye thing 
everyone's like, why is she bringing this up again? Like she was caught in a lie. She was caught in a lie. She wasn't, she was caught in like a quarter lie, I would say. So what happened was, is there was a phone call with Kanye. All Kanye said to Taylor on the phone was, here's the lyric. I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. And she like, first of all, she's like, what was I supposed to say? She was like, you could tell on the phone. She was there. She's like, Oh, ha ha. Like, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, okay. And he, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to, you're going to love it. I'm going to play you the song before it's ever released. So you can like approve it. And she's like, okay. Then it turned into, he says that line. And then he says, I made that bitch famous. And that's the part that she got really upset about because obviously it's in reference to her, him stealing the microphone on, from her on stage at the 2009 VMAs right. when she won music video of the year and said Beyonce had the best album of all time and she couldn't even give her like acceptance speech. And so he's saying like, I made her famous. Like she wouldn't have been as famous if it weren't for me. Right. And so then at the Grammys, when she won album of the year in 2016, she gave the whole speech of like, people will try to take credit for your fame and your success and know that like, it was you and your hard work that got you there. So then Kim released the phone call and made it seem like she approved everything but he never said that one line to her. Right. And that's where everything started. So then um, Scooter Braun manages Kanye. Then Kanye made the music video for that song where he had like a wax figure of Taylor in a bed naked. Didn't ask her, obviously, about that. Right. And Scooter Braun manages Justin Bieber. So Justin Bieber posted that screenshot. Then Justin Bieber tried to post an apology last week and was saying, like, I took that screenshot. Scooter told me not to post it, blah, blah, blah. Then I didn't even realize this. Then a Swifty on Twitter realized this. He, Justin couldn't have taken the screenshot because he's the big picture. That would mean it's Scooter holding the phone, taking a screenshot of his phone. With Justin, you get it? Oh, Looking yeah, at Justin. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously sent the screenshot to Justin and told him to post it. Right. Because if Justin screenshotted it, Scooter would have been the big picture. Yeah. And so everyone has been saying, like, a lot of people in the industry know that Scooter Braun is a slime ball and it's, like, whatever. And now he's got his couple of people that he represents, like, trying to defend him and stuff. And then someone came out and said... um, Scooter Braun makes everyone sign a sunset clause, which means that if they were to sever ties with him as their manager, they would have to continue paying him for four years after. Then that's why they were like, no, that's why no one ever leaves him because they can't. Right. And, um, so it's just this whole thing. And Scooter's like, I never bullied Taylor. I love Taylor. And then his wife tried to say, you're taking this out on a man who believed in you more than you believed in yourself. And she's like, what? What does that even mean? Like, so I don't know. A lot of people are saying that Taylor should re-record all of her music and release the albums again. Cause I guess she can do that since she owns the, um, the songwriting and the singing rights to them. Yeah. The masters only is in reference to just like that recording. So someone was saying like, if she were to do the songs in a tour movie, she can still do that and she doesn't have to pay you anything because technically it's a brand new recording because it's her singing live. Or like that's why when someone, like if it's a remix or something, it's a, that's a new yeah. master. So she can actually go into the recording studio and record everything, release it again legally, and then she would make money off the new stuff and she would have control of like the new better versions of all her music. So people are like, why yeah. doesn't she do that? I don't know if she will, but... I mean, I think that's risky, too, because then you got to think, what will Scooter Braun do with the Masters after, like, the original ones? Will he let companies that are bad start using them for their stuff, you know? That's like true. Like, commercials and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, all of a sudden, her songs are now synonymous with either something bad or something, like, really weird, yeah. you know, that she doesn't want to be associated with. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, for example, she might be opposed to... I don't know, like the NRA. A lot of Hollywood is opposed to the NRA. Maybe Scooter sells them the right to one of their songs, like to license it mm -hmm. for a commercial or something, you know? Yeah. And then something that she is completely opposed to yeah. now has her song on it. And That's then true. she's like in a weird spot. Yeah. So I don't know. She might be playing defense on that one. Yeah. 
There was a rumor going around that Scooter called her the next day and they talked. I don't know if that's true. There's been no confirmation, but I don't know who said that, but I don't know. If they did, it probably wasn't anything productive. Right. Um, Because what was I going to say? People are like, well, why doesn't, why won't Scooter just sell her back the Masters? Well, he can't sell her the Masters because... He just bought the group for $300 million. If he sold Taylor or gave Taylor the Masters, then he's out all his money, basically, because the rest of the group is not worth anywhere near that. Florida Georgia line? Yeah, no. They're not going to make him $300 million. No. So (laughs) So. I guess we'll see how this goes. Like, I think that my idea is she's going to release Lover on August 23rd because that's already set out. And then I think she's going to pull an Ariana Grande and release another album in about six months to a year. And it's going to, I feel like it's going to be another like rep inspired album. Yeah. Um, about that. Cause like lover is going to be super happy. Um, cause now people are saying that look what you made me do when I did something bad. If you listen to it is probably about big machine. Um, and she even said a couple months ago, she's like, there are so many Easter eggs in the look what you made me do video that no one has guessed yet and that people will probably still be trying to figure out for years to come. And that was before any of this came out. So I think that's why she didn't think people were going to figure it out because there was nothing like said about it. But right. you know that scene in Look What You Made Me Do video where she's holding up those motorcycles? Yeah. So, well, she's, there's a scene where she's like gets on a motorcycle and then late, later on she holds up the motorcycles. And that was something where no one ever knew what it was. And I never knew either. It's like, what does that even mean? Like, it's cool. But people think that's in reference to Big Machine. Like, she is holding up these big machines. Get it? Mm-hmm. And because, like, basically she supported the whole label. And um, there's this other scene where she's in a gold birdcage with all the security. Um, like, saying that she's trapped within her own label. And there's, like, all this uh, all these other clues that basically lead back to... Um, Scott Borchetta, like, not selling her the yeah. masters. And then there's also a thing where... Uh, when she says, I don't trust nobody and nobody trusts me. And she's on top of that, like Taylor mountain, like all her past selves, like fighting to get to the top. And she's like standing up there. People thought that was just like, Oh, Taylor, the old Taylor's dead. But people think now that it's in reference to like, she's standing on top of all her old music that she's never going to get again. And they're like yeah. all fighting with each other. And she's just like, cause she has to leave them behind. Right. Yeah. Do you think the motorcycle thing has anything to do with scooter Braun? I mean, I wouldn't know. I don't know if he was, like, part of the conversation back then. But motorcycle is a scooter. Oh, I didn't even think of that. She lifts them up, and she's brawny. Oh. You need brawn, you know. That's a good idea. I don't know if it has anything to do. But, like, why why would she use a motorcycle for a big machine? Right. You know? That's actually really smart. Yeah. So I didn't think about that one. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. With I did something bad, let me look up. The lyrics really can Obviously, I know all the lyrics, but I'm trying to think off the top of my head. But <laughs> Obviously. Um, so when she says this, so th- there's this one line, this is how the world works. you got to leave before you get left. So people now think that's in reference to she decided that she would have to leave the label before Scooter, before if she re-signed and Scott tried to sell it and leave her. So you got to leave before you get left. And then... I can feel the flames in my skin. He says, don't throw away a good thing. But if he drops my name, then I owe him nothing. And he, he spends my change. Then he had it coming. So people think like Scott's saying, oh, don't throw this away. Like we've got such a good thing going on. And then she's like, but if he keeps like dropping my name everywhere right. and like spending my money, you know. Interesting. So I never would have thought of that before. I thought this whole album was about like the whole Kanye drama, Katy Perry, and then also like uh, Calvin Harris and Tom Hiddleston, but I think it was more to do with her whole big machine, because that makes sense. She was, it was during that whole time where she was trying to buy back her masters or trying to negotiate a new deal. So, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. A lot of drama. Yeah, there's a lot of drama. I can't believe that the next album is like six weeks away. Do you think she's going to talk about it more? Probably not considering. I think that the name of the now she hasn't um, she hasn't said anything else on social media since last Sunday when she wrote that Tumblr post. So I think that she's not going to say anything else for a while. She's performing at the Amazon 
like Prime Day concert. I think it's this week in New York. Right. And a lot of people are thinking she's going to perform another new song off the album, one that hasn't been released yet, um, because that would make sense July 13th of her like releasing another new song. So people are thinking that, and then I think she's just going to keep hyping Lover, and then I think maybe once Lover comes out and she has a chance to like settle down for a second, then I think she's going to either talk more about it or just not say anything and release another album about it. Yeah. Because I think Make now... Make like another reputation. Yeah. Like not the same, but like the same kind of music style. Yeah. I think now she's like mad. Like I think... She finally got over that whole thing in 2016 where her whole life was turned upside down and, you know, and people were calling her a snake when she wasn't. She decided to use it to her advantage and made snakes part of reputation and everything like that. And I feel like she was finally like, okay, we're in the clear. Like, I'm happy now. I'm releasing a new album, new label. And then this all happened. So I feel like this is just another, like, rock in her world. And I feel like she's now... I would think that she's going to try to turn out new music even quicker so that she has more new music saturated in the market and people have less of a focus on her previous music, you know? Yeah. So like almost like her new music is so good and she's putting out so much of it that it almost like devalues her other music. Could be. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I think she'd have to make really good songs though. Yeah. Like, I think that 1989 was the best album of all time, like, ever. And I think that she has to try really hard to do better than 1989. So, we'll see. We shall see. We shall see. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have any other thoughts on it? No, that's basically it. Should I move on? Yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm talking a lot. Well, you know more about this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about this. Okay. Ariana Grande. We'll talk more about music artists. So Ariana Grande, she's been having a really hard time on the Sweetener tour. She cries a lot during various songs, whether it's Thank You Next, when she starts singing the Malcolm line. She cried in Pennsylvania, Malcolm's home state, when she was singing, um, I think it was was Good Night and Go. Um, So she also cried again in St. Louis last night singing R.E.M. And... Then she wrote an Instagram post today talking about it. And she said, Tour is wild. Life is wild. I'm grateful for the sea of love I have around me every day and for the people who come to these shows and give us every ounce of energy they've got. I'm grateful to work with the best musicians and dancers in the world. I'm grateful for my voice and my team. I'm grateful for this music. I'm grateful for my tour bus driver, Kurt, who brought me pickles yesterday because he saw we ran out. I'm grateful for the opportunity to sing to thousands of people every night. It's a dream come true. No matter how hard it gets or how many feelings come up that are screaming at me to be processed and sorted through one day, I'm grounded by gratitude and promise not to give up on what I've started. I feel everything very intensely and have committed to doing this tour during a time in my life where I'm still processing a lot. So sometimes I cry a lot. I thank you for accepting my humanness. I'm not sure what I would do, what I did to deserve to meet so many loving souls every night and to feel so much love, but I want you to know that it really does carry me through. I feel it and I appreciate it. And all of you so much. I'm sharing this because I'm grateful and because I want you to know that if you too are hurting, you can push through and are not alone. It is hard to balance taking care of the people around you, doing your job and healing, taking care of yourself at the same time. But I want you to know you aren't alone and I think you're doing great. What do you think? I mean, it's, it's nice, but I feel like she should probably chill. And like, if you're crying at every show, that's, probably need to stop going to shows. That's the thing. She is crying <laughs> At every show, like, th- like to the point where she can't get through songs. Right. Thank you. Next, almost every night she cries during the Malcolm line. Good night and go. That one time she couldn't even sing the song. Now this song she can't get through. And I think it's just like she has been through so much in the past two years that no one could even compare to or imagine. You know, with the bombing at her concert, fifty people died. Then. Mac Miller died, and I think that she just needs to chill. Like, a lot of people have been saying this. I think she needs to go home, like, to Florida for a little bit and just be with her mom and her dogs and go to the beach and do nothing and, like, work with a therapist or something because, like, her going out and being in a different city every two nights and singing songs that are all about, like, 
her ex-boyfriend and death. Right. Like, that's or not... Or at least you could stop singing those songs. Right, but then that le- that's, takes, like, four or five songs out of it because... Use old songs. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to be like, oh, no. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they're going to a concert, they like her music. Right. Just don't sing those songs. Right. Like, I don't know why she keeps doing that. Well, a lot of people are saying... Um, Again, Ariana's managed by Scooter Braun, and people yeah. think so. Scooter Braun forced Justin Bieber to continue his Purpose tour back in 2015 when he was really going crazy and like was going crazy on fans and was depressed and had anxiety right. and like couldn't do it anymore. And Scooter made him continue, and he kept like flipping out on every show. And then Ariana Grande, Scooter made her release Ghostin on her Thank You Next album, which was all about Mac Miller dying. Um, and he made her put that song on the album because I guess she wrote it in the studio with her friends because like she she just used it as like a way like an escape. Yeah. And then he made her put it on the album, and I think this is Scooter making her go on tour. Probably after everything we just heard. Yeah. You know, seems like he's just all about the money. Yeah. And he doesn't really care. Right. So yeah, I could definitely see him being the one that's like making her go, and she's like fine, but I'm, they're not going to be good shows. Yeah. You know. Like, he told me about that one where it was just her and her friends messing around on stage, yeah. like, not even acknowledging the crowd. Right. So, that's probably, she's like, fine, but if I can't get through songs, and... Yeah. But he probably likes that, too, because then it's more publicity. Right. So, you know, we'll see her at Lollapalooza, though, right? Yeah. She's the day we're going. Yeah. So, we'll see how it is in person. Mm-hmm. It probably just won't like, be good. No, it's just, like, I feel so bad for her, because... I don't know. Yeah. I don't get why more people aren't saying, like, go home. Well, they probably are, but then when she comes out and says, like, this is what I think is best for me, then they're like, okay, even though it's probably not what she actually thinks is best for her. Right. It's her manager, Scooter, telling. So uh, Ariana Grande, when the news first broke last week, she posted a (laughs) screenshot of, like, the Wall Street Journal post and was like, so proud of you, Scooter. A couple hours later, after Taylor Swift released her uh, Tumblr note, deleted it. Then she posted the next day this message like, um, I've known Scooter for so long. He's always been so nice to me, blah, blah, blah. However, like Taylor Swift, I love you. I know this is so hard for you. Like, I'm sorry. So it was like, so you love Taylor Swift and you know that this is a horrible situation for her and you know that Scooter's grooming her over. And then, but also you love Scooter and... Right. What? <laughs> you know, she's just trying to save face, I think. Yeah. Like, she both knows. Sides. Yeah. I think Scooter won't let her say anything else. Right. Because everyone forgets, uh, Scott tried to say, like, oh, for that Manchester United concert in 2017, that fundraiser where all the celebrities came with Ariana, uh, Scooter called and asked if Taylor would do it. Taylor declined. Okay, that was when Taylor was in hiding, wasn't doing anything, wasn't even leaving her house, really. Right. But Taylor donated, like, not donated, but gave her private jet to Ariana Grande to get home from Manchester when the whole bombing happened and she was, like, she had to come home that night. Gave, Taylor sent her plane, brought her back, and let Ariana use her plane to go back to do the concert. So it's like, are you forgetting that? Right. So they're just trying to, like, go – because obviously I think Taylor has the upper hand in this. Mm-hmm. So they're just trying to use anything they can to just kind of knock her down a little bit. Right. But – And that's the thing. It's, like, these celebrities who are coming out against Taylor, like Demi Lovato and Justin Bieber. Yeah, Demi Lovato, the cokehead. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, they're trying to – Everyone wants – everyone's going to trust Demi Lovato. Yeah, and everyone's always, like, why is – Taylor's always around drama. She's all, like, if she has a problem with everybody, it's like, what are you talking about? She's never, she's had two, one drama in her whole life. Right. That was the Kanye thing. And then this is not even drama. This is her speaking out about wanting to own her music. Right. This is not, like, there's no drama. It's her wanting to own her own music. She wrote a very nice, like, uh, poised letter. Letter. Like, she's not trying to start drama. She's saying what happened. She's saying the facts, and she's speaking out about wanting to own her music. And it's like, okay, all of you guys who are coming against her, it's like, you don't write your own music, so you don't get it. You sing what someone else gave you. (laughs) Exactly. So it doesn't matter to you who owns it because you didn't write it. You didn't put your feelings in. Everyone's like, like those artists who are like, oh, yeah, when I was writing my last album, it's like, you weren't writing your album. You sat in a session once because I learned that... 
if you even sit in for part of a session during the songwriting process, you can put on there that you co-wrote it, even though you didn't, but you were just in the room. So it's like you sitting in the room while everyone else writes the song and right. you're there for 30 minutes is not you writing your song. So then they should, because does Taylor Swift do the music as well, like the lyrics and the... Um, she does, she, so she writes all of her lyrics um, and sometimes she works with like one other person on the lyrics and then she goes in between, um, I think she writes the music as well or sometimes she has someone else compose the music. So like when she works with Jack Antonoff, on 1989, she was saying she had written all the lyrics to a song. She was like, hey, what do you think of this? And gave it to him. Um, but I think she also does, like, the melody and, like, sent him a voice note of her singing it. And he's like, oh, I have the perfect beat I was just working on. And then he sent it to her, and she's like, oh, right. this fits perfect, and then turned it into, like, a pop song, not just, like, a ballad. Right. So I think it's, like, a mixture. But she writes all of her lyrics. Yeah, so then... I mean, for anyone that's saying anything, like all the artists, they should probably try to write their own songs. Yeah. Put them out, actually put them out and yeah. then see how they do. See what happens. Yeah. yeah. Probably won't go that well. No. <laughs> <laughs> Watch Ariana Grande become very unpopular. Yeah, Ariana Grande. Um, every popular song you have is just a copy of another song. Break Up With Your Girlfriend, you had the sampling of NSYNC. Um, Good Night and Go is an actual legit carbon copy of Imogen Heap song. Like, didn't even change anything. Uh, what's the other song? Oh, Seven Rings is from Sound of Music. So... I don't know any of that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's easy to talk. And, like, why would you care about getting the masters to something you barely did anything for? Exactly. You don't care. But Taylor, like, is one of the only artists who... She writes everything about her real feelings. Like, she writes about things that actually happened... Right. And the fact that now she doesn't even own All Too Well, the greatest song of all time, <laughs> is really upsetting. <laughs> well, at least she has some artists coming to her defense. Yeah, Halsey. Halsey came to her defense, and Halsey actually wrote a note, which was really nice, because she said, basically, because Halsey, I didn't even know, is 24. I thought she was way older for some reason. So she's our age, but she was saying, she's like, I grew up listening to Taylor Swift, and the fact that Taylor Swift always wrote her own music inspired me to really be like uh determined on writing my music and I waited to find like a label that would let me write my own music and she's like so I completely understand yada 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 right so yeah at least yeah some people (laughs) yeah I hope that I I think it'd be a good idea for her to do like a Halsey tour bring her on as an opening act because even though Halsey is pretty big she's still not anywhere near like Taylor Swift big so her being able to open for Taylor performing at stadiums full of like sold out with 80,000 people would be huge definitely yeah and it kind of all mixes like Halsey's music and her music I feel like they have a lot of similar themes yeah you know yeah so I've actually, the past couple days, because I always would listen, I've listened to Halsey since, I think it was 2016, when I listened to her song Colors um, for the first time, and I really liked it, and then listened to like a couple other songs, and then now she's like more like of a radio song or whatever, but I, the past couple days, I found her like Apple Music playlist of all her best music, so I've been listening to that. She's got like really good songs. I mean, the new one's kind of a banger. Yeah. It's really political, which I don't really like, but like. Still makes me want to run around. Yeah, <laughs> I like it a lot. It's a good running song too. Yeah. I was listening to an interview with her, and she was saying they were like people were asking her like, "How did you time it to put this song out so perfectly?" Because it, it came out like right around the whole like abortion rights uh, thing that was happening a couple yeah. months ago. And she's like, "I didn't." She's like, "It was really just a coincidence." And she's like, "But so what does that song have to do with abortion?" Well, the song's more about, like, woman empowerment, like, letting people tell her what to do, like, something like that. Tell me what to do in my bed, and, like, abortion's not in your bed. Right. But I think people just kind of, like, somehow, Yeah, associate it, even though it's... Associated it because it was, like, female rights, like, female empowerment, so... And she's like, I didn't. She's like, it was just a coincidence. She's like, I don't know if you say it was lucky or unlucky or whatever, but she's like... Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I really... I mean, I kind of understand it, but, like... Still, there's a large percentage of women that are pro-life, too. Like, I don't know. Right. Not really seeing the parallel exactly. I think sometimes people just, when they hear a song, they're like, 
oh yeah, this is about this. And they're right. like, yeah, they just kind of <laughs> associate it. Oh well. <laughs> Do you have any um, games for this episode? I was not prepared with games. Oh. You did not tell me to get a game. <laughs> but you always do games. <laughs> well, now i got to look up a game. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I'll segue Halsey. I actually do have an article about Halsey. So someone on um, Instagram, so it says, Halsey sets the record straight after being accused of using LGBTQ community as a marketing strategy. So. Literally, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, who cares? Like, it's literally like Pride Month. Well, no, let me. Continue. Literally, the so, memes of. Have you seen the memes of Pride Month? No. It's so funny. They're like companies during Pride Month, and they're like all about it. Oh, you I know think what I mean? Seen, and then, yeah. like, once it ends, the companies are like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, yeah. Basically, it's like that's the theme of all of them. Yeah, it's like Victoria's Secret. It's like true. You yeah. know what I mean? It's all rainbows, and then it's like nothing. Yeah. Like Victoria's Secret when their uh, fashion show director said that they, he would never cast a trans woman, but then this month they've been going hard on, like, pride. Yeah. Um, right. But Halsey is bisexual, so she posted an Instagram photo of her, and she put she captioned it, Peak by Girl Evolution, alongside two images, one of her holding onto her mic and another of her holding up a rainbow flag. So... It says, while many praise the New Jersey native in the comment section for spotlighting the LGBTQ community, it didn't sit right with one user. (laughs) She said, this user said, Rainbow is the new marketing strategy. Um, A critic commented on her post, however, the Grammy nominee who identifies as bisexual is quick to shut it down and set the record straight. There's been a flag in my show for five years. You're just not paying attention, you whiny little baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. (laughs) Got him. Yeah. Because I think, I feel like, I don't think Halsey has come out recently. Like, I think she's always been out as bisexual since she started her career. So, I think that's true. Um, So, I think now people are like, oh my gosh, she's like trying to exploit people and market it. But it's not even exploited. I feel like every artist that's like, if you're a part of a group, you might as well not even play to the group like you might as well just be a part of the group right she's bisexual so why isn't she like can't she just post about it you don't you're not getting mad like with hispanic artists playing up the fact that they're hispanic like you might as well do that right because it's who you are yeah like (laughs) yeah it just makes sense yeah not like she's out there trying to sell rainbow flags Right, and she's not. She's saying she's not just now doing it. She's always done it. She said it was a there was a rainbow flag hanging right. five years ago. So, well, no, everyone's just angry. Everyone, no this is what it's like. Everyone on social media now is just angry about everything. Like everything you do is offensive. Yeah, I just I want celebrities and just you know big people in general to stop apologizing to the Twitter mob. Yeah. Like, for anything. Unless you actually believe... Because everyone just apologizes, even though the, I can tell they do not think they did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they didn't really do anything wrong. People just get offended. Yeah. And then they come out with apologies that are like, I'm so sorry, I won't do it again. It's like, you're not sorry. Don't apologize. Right. Who cares what Twitter thinks? Yeah. They'll get over it in two seconds and find something else. Right. That's the thing. People... I'll give you the number one example. Okay. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. They were, ter- they were like, so mad about it. I guarantee you 99% of those people still go to Chick-fil-A. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then you hear those people say, well, it's just so good. So it like, is so good. Yeah, so don't. <laughs> Either stop eating or stop being angry. Right. <laughs> I don't know. People are crazy. Yeah. I hate Twitter. Yeah. I, I mean, it's fun, but like. And it's like, people are so holier than thou, mm-hmm. even though they probably are terrible people. Right, that's the thing. People who are internet trolls and who have the most to say online about a certain quote-unquote controversy or something a celebrity said, the fact that they have time to go off about it online, I can guarantee you that they have said or done something worse in their life that oh, they easily. have not apologized for. They don't have to because it's not public. Right. You know what I mean? So. Right. 
So unless you are a perfect model citizen, I don't want right. to see you commenting about anything. Right. Unless it's something like extremely Unless terrible. it's something extreme, like objectively terrible. Right. Like the celebrity objectively did something horrific, you know. Right. But them like posting a selfie with the wrong emoji, right. you know, is not stop. Like Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Like just- I think one time Someone actually got upset about a blogger who... So you know how the emojis of the girls, like with the hand to the side, and you can choose whether it's like blonde or you can choose like yellow or the only one that has brown hair now, there's either one with black hair that's white or there's one with brown hair that's like tan and you don't know is it a black person or is it just someone with tan skin? It's like whatever. So, So this blogger one time used that emoji because she has brown hair and actually has pretty tan skin. Um, and she used it and people got upset because yeah. they're like, you're using the black emoji. You're not black. And she's like, it's an emoji and it was the closest one to my hair and skin color. She's like, I don't have black hair and I don't have super white skin. Like, right. She's like, uh, sorry, there's no <laughs> other emoji to use. Like, and people were upset about it. But then it's the same people that won't get mad. So I just saw a, uh, an article on Reddit today. There's a music festival. It's it's called like Afro Festival or something like that in Detroit. And what they did was they're charging white people twenty dollars for the presale tickets and any person of color ten dollars. What? And they're saying like they basically said in their fact page like this isn't equality because equality is just having everyone be like do the same. They're saying like this is for equity, you know, so for people who can't afford like. Which doesn't make because then you're just painting all people of color as poor, right? And, which is ter- and like I know a ton of people that would get very angry at that, right? Like you're making assumptions, um, like it's the same people that would be totally okay with that, right? Yeah, even though by the way, like it was actually nice to see one of the artists who's she's black, but she has like biracial, like her I think her mom's side is white and her dad's side is black. Mm-hmm. She's like she literally pulled out of that out of the festival. She's like. This is basically saying that my grandma, who I write all my songs about, who, like, I write my biggest songs about, and, like, who I respect so much, would have to pay more to see me. Like, it just wouldn't make sense. Right. She's like, that's terrible, and she pulled out. Yeah. Yeah, like, that, it's making general assumptions about everybody. And there are equal amounts of poor white people. Right. And the fact that like when people do that and try to say, well, we're making like it even or something like that's not like that's causing more controversy. Exactly. That's causing more issues. That's causing more assumptions and more divide than. Yeah. And it's, so it's like people who will get mad at an emoji, which doesn't matter. Right. And is like actually justified versus something that's obviously discriminatory. Right. And they'll be like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. You know, I just don't understand it. Right. I think we just need to burn Twitter. <laughs> burn it to the ground. Start uh, over. <laughs> it's crazy that Twitter has now, besides Facebook, been around the longest. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people feel like it's going down. It is. But I still think it's going to be around forever. I think it's going to be around forever. Like, I... I had a Twitter in high school and middle school. Delete like then when I was in college, I never used it but had it. Deleted it a couple years ago, and then I restarted a Twitter last year, mainly to just look at other things. Like I sometimes tweet about Taylor Swift, and I use it mainly just to see what's going on in the Taylor Swift community. Yeah. But like, I don't think of something and say, "Ooh, I should tweet that," you know. Yeah. I think of something, I'm like, ooh, that'd be a cute photo for Instagram. Yeah, I was basically the same way. I had it in high school and used it a lot. And then I think like sophomore year of college, I deleted it because I was spending all my time on it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even like productive whatsoever. Yeah. At least Facebook, you go and you'll see articles you could read. And, right. Like, there's nothing on Twitter besides vines and memes. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't need that. So I deleted it. And now it's really just... It's honestly kind of the worst of the worst on Twitter. It's like you can just do and say whatever you want. It's very harsh. It is. 
Which like, is weird. It's the same people that are eating mad, even though they're reposting World Star videos that are just like ignorant. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I will never understand it. Me neither. <laughs> Did you find a game yet? Yes. Ooh, what is it? Guess the celebrity, the music artist with the most Instagram followers. Okay. I was going to put Selena Gomez, but I'm pretty sure there was like a big thing. Like, yeah, she's knows. like the she's most like, followed. What, I don't actually know. The most now. followed is Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, yeah, she's the most followed female or female, something. Female, yeah. yeah. But she's second. It's Cristiano Ronaldo and then her. I don't know how, though. I don't know how Selena Gomez shot up oh. to such stardom. I thought you were going to say Christian. I was going to be like, oh. Ronaldo is, is... No. I was oh, going to yeah. say Selena Gomez. Like, she literally has two albums out yeah. for her whole life. She is not even a good singer. She is terrible live. And she's somehow the most followed... I it's because of Wizards of Waverly Place. That's definitely what it's from. I don't think... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I was going to say, there's a whole bunch of... Like, Miley Cyrus. She's not no. even... <laughs> Okay, so let's go with um, Kim Kardashian. Okay. Beyonce. Okay. And Ariana Grande. This is actually kind of hard. Yeah, those are all Uh, people that could easily be the top. I know Ariana Grande has, like, grew a lot last year. I'm going to say Ariana Grande's first. Okay. Then Kim, then Beyonce. Damn it, you got it. I did? Yeah. <laughs> I only know I that, that would be a tricky one. There was some article or some news that came out last year because Ariana Grande was like so close to surpassing Selena Gomez, I think. And so that's why I thought of that. And yeah. then Kim, I know it just has an astronomical oh, I note. said music artist, but... Oh, yeah, you put Kim. Oh, whatever. And oh, well. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Let's see. Beyonce is 122 million. Mm-hmm. And then it goes Kim at 124. And then Ariana Grande has 142. Yeah. She's right behind Selena Gomez. Yeah. I still can't believe that Selena Gomez has more than Taylor Swift. I like, I can't comprehend that. I mean, yeah. Taylor Swift is number. She has like 112 million or something. She's number eight at 114. Yeah. She's behind Beyonce, Kylie Jenner, Kim. Like I Dwayne the Rock is number four, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Then Ariana Grande, Selena Gomez, and Sierra Ronaldo. Yeah. I can understand her being behind the Kardashians because they're huge. Yeah, they're, but I don't understand Selena being above Taylor. And Ariana, like, I also kind of don't understand that. Like, I kind of do, but I also think they would at least be closer in numbers. Yeah. I just don't get I it. I think Ariana Grande is just more controversial, and so more people would look her up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just she posts, like, like 20,000 times a day. Yeah. Like... She posts like four photos a day on her Instagram story. I mean, on her feed, and then she posts like twenty five stories. And yeah, yeah. I used to follow her, and it got annoying, so I stopped. Yeah. <laughs> she posts like seventeen times a day, and yeah. I was like, okay. And every photo was like sideways, the same thing. and like she's yeah. covering her mouth with her sleeve with oversized yeah crew neck, and then or her she's got pony ears is like over, yeah. yeah cat ears, and I'm like okay, that's enough. Yeah. And also, you know me that I hate having unwatched stories on my Instagram. Oh, so yeah. I, I, I don't even watch half of them. I just click through. Yeah. And with her, there's like 50, and I got to freaking click through all of them. And then it takes them a second to load. Yeah, I don't like that. So she had to go. <laughs> <laughs> Ariana, you got the boots. Too many stories. <laughs> Too many stories. Don't do it. It's not right. You're no really going to impact her follower count. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It starts with you, it ends with a hundred million. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a trendsetter. You are a trendsetter. Yeah. Yeah. You're the next male influencer. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day. Is there any more to that game? I mean we could just do other people. Okay. Dang it, I can't use the rock anymore because Oh yeah, you already I said, said it. Come yeah. on. <laughs> You wouldn't know who Neymar is. There's a lot of soccer play, uh, players. Oh, I don't Messi, know. Messi, Neymar. Okay, how about. Um... Do, 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 okay, do. all right. Miley Cyrus. <laughs> okay. She doesn't have a lot. I think she has like 70 million. <laughs> uh, Justin Bieber. Ugh. Nicki Minaj. 
Uh, well, I'm going to assume Justin Bieber is the highest because he's got all his Bieber fans. Um, then I'm going to say Nicki Minaj and I'm going to say Miley Cyrus. Dang it. <laughs> I get it again. You're getting my game. Miley is just like, it's crazy to me that Miley started all of this at the top of the world. Like she was Hannah Montana. She was Miley Cyrus. She was the biggest star in the world in 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010. Then even in 2013, when she had bangers, she was coming up huge again with We Can't Stop. And ever since then, it's been such a decline because she went crazy after bangers. Yeah. And <laughs> did dead pets and went like really weird and everyone thought pets? she was crazy. So she released an album in 2015. It wasn't like a real album. Like, it, I don't think it counts as her discography, I would say. But she released some album called Miley Cyrus and Her Dead Pets. <laughs> and it was the weirdest music ever. That's like, hilarious. I, Which I, actually, I wonder if uh, she had any like say in the in the Ashley O episode of Black Mirror because that's what that sounded like to me. I bet she she did. just she like freaked out and just went to a whole different type of music. Yeah, I think they Netflix said that they based it that episode off Miley. Yeah, so that's um, probably what that was. Yeah. So that was a really weird time. She had this song called Baby Talk, and the music video, she was literally, like, dressed like a baby, and it was really weird. So she was crazy back then, and I think that's when she lost a lot of people. Like even Disney me. does that to you. Yeah. There's, like, three Disney stars that are normal. Yeah. The rest are, like, drug addicts, mm-hmm. crazy, have gone crazy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think Disney. Hilary Duff is one of the only ones that came out yeah. unscathed. <laughs> so yeah Miley Cyrus then she finally came back in 2017 with Malibu and was like thank goodness she's back but I think that time period she really lost a lot of people and people were like she's crazy yeah, I mean she can still get him back she can get him back but I feel like she's just behind now yeah but I mean behind with, and the, with well, the 79.4 million followers she, the <laughs> music she keeps creating is just continually mediocre like it's not great yeah so but I mean I don't think she doesn't write her own music, right? Mm. Maybe maybe the crazy stuff that you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, maybe the like, crazy stuff. I'm assuming Malibu and all this. That's pretty. No, gen- she wrote Malibu. Okay, I was about to say it's pretty generic, in my opinion. <laughs> it's a pretty generic song. Like I feel, I feel like I could write that song. Yeah, I should maybe. write that song. Yeah, you need to make another song. I'm, I'm gonna stop. Make a song. Stop Z beats. Make a song called like Athens or something. Athens. Yeah. Mykonos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shoot it at at uh, what's her name's beach club. She closed out already. <laughs> yeah. Lindsay Lohan Beach Club is no more. I'm really oh, upset about it. Oh, it's been like three months. <laughs> yeah, she she's had it for a couple years, and then I guess it closed for winter time, and it was supposed to reopen for summer, and it's not opening. And I'm sad because I wanted to go one year, and <laughs> now it's no yeah. more. Also, just watching that one episode of the show. That was show was pretty, so bad. Oh my god. So boring. Yeah, it was so boring. She was trying so hard to be Vanderpump Rules, and it's like, yeah. no, you're not Vanderpump Rules. And she None just looks rough. She does look rough, yeah. You can tell she's she did a lot packing of some makeup on, yeah. and like it's still... It's crazy because like, I think she's... She needs to sleep for like three years. Yeah. She's, I think, what, 33? She's the same age as Hilary Duff, all of them, and well, she looks 20 years older than Drug them. addiction yeah. will do that to you. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so... Yeah. Damn Disney. <laughs> And apparently killing uh, young actors okay. with seizures. So in their that uh, Disney star Cameron, I forgot his last name, Royce something, I don't know. Cameron, he was in Descendants and he was on a show called Jesse on Disney Channel and he's 20 years old. And it just came out today that he died last night in his sleep with a seizure. And they said, the statement was very generic. It said that, Cameron died in his sleep due to a seizure that was caused by an ongoing medical condition for which he was being treated. And that whole thing, I don't understand. He's 20 years old. 20-year-olds don't just die in their sleep. Right. Like, so what was the medical condition? Why aren't you saying what the condition was called? Like, I understand privacy and all that, but this is very weird that a 20-year-old who supposedly no one knew had anything wrong with him died from a mysterious medical condition and from a seizure. Because all his co-stars from Descendants, I guess they were about to start filming Descendants 3, and they were all posting that they were in complete shock. 
So obviously they didn't even know about his medical condition and they were all like best friends. So that's what I don't understand. Like what is, what medical condition causes a 20 year old to die from seizure in their sleep that no one knows about? Honestly, it's, I I could see it being something along the lines of this, like, cause I've heard Disney like really overworks their, their like child stars Mm -hmm. and like their whatever. And there's a lot of stress. So what I could see happening is they're probably on antidepressants and uh-huh. other forms of like maybe like sleep aids and stuff like that. And I'm sure they're just on a lot of drugs to help with all the mental anxiety that they deal with. Uh-huh. And maybe he took too much or maybe that was just a side effect and prolonged use of it. Maybe. Or maybe he mixed it with like a sleep aid and you weren't supposed to and like it just, you know. Yeah. Because I've heard multiple times that Disney is like terrible with their stars mm-hmm. of like overworking them and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean Miley Cyrus has said it too. Like she yeah. was twelve years old working sixteen hour days and yeah. yeah. So I could definitely or like maybe he mixed a sleep aid with with alcohol or alcohol or like stimulants. Like maybe you can consistently use sleep aids and then stimulants, sleep aid like to help him sleep and then to wake up and then help him sleep and help him wake up. And like yeah. maybe after a while his mind, his brain just like freaked out. That's a good point. Maybe you that's know? what they mean by a seizure from a medical yeah. condition. From so I want to know what the medical for. condition yeah. is and why he had in the first place. Yeah. Even if they find out that it's Disney, like no one's, nothing's going to happen. Right. Disney has way too much money. Yeah. That's probably what it is. It was probably he was subs- prescribed drugs for like mental disorders like either antidepressants or maybe he was on Adderall yeah. and Probably, too yeah. much or mixed something. Yeah. So that's what I could see happening. Because um, if it was like he died from a seizure because he had epilepsy and no one knew, they would say that. Like right. they wouldn't just not say that. They just don't want to tell us what the right. condition is because then probably... Then people would start to figure... Like they don't want to say... It's probably caused by them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's just weird. It's it crazy. Like, he was 20. That's so young. Yeah. Uh, not, supposed, not supposed to die at 20. No. That's really sad. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the end of our episode. Yep. Ending it on a sad note. Ending on a sad note. But. It's okay. We'll make it through. We'll make it through. We'll make it through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe eat some ice cream. Or some s'mores. That sounds good. Yeah, doesn't it sound good? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe some cookies. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get on that. Okay. Okay, bye, people. See you in the next episode. Bye.